How's it going? And welcome back to another episode of Mood for Feud. I'm your host, Katia, and this week we're looking at the Mormon mum talk drama. I'm interested to know, were you on TikTok when this all went down? Or at least do you remember seeing a bunch of videos about it? I feel like it was one of those things that blew up at the time was like all that I was seeing for a solid two weeks and then it suddenly just dropped off the face of the earth. I pretty much never get videos from any of these Mormon mums popping up on my TikTok these days and it kind of just felt like it all went away overnight as most things on TikTok do to be honest. And then another question I have, if you don't have TikTok and you use Instagram Reels, did this make it to Reels? I need to know because I guess this is somewhat a little bit niche to TikTok maybe. Yeah, interested to know whether this hit the Reels market. I hope you guys are having a great week out there. I feel like the last couple of weeks I've just been so tired. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe it's because we're heading into colder weather already. Um, I definitely feel like summer is well and truly on its way out. And I do definitely, like, as the days get shorter, I feel like I just lose all motivation and I do feel really tired all the time. So yeah, hopefully you guys aren't feeling that way. Hopefully you guys are feeling great. As always, I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you let me know what you think and, you know, don't hog all your thoughts for yourself. Like, share them with me. I'm so curious to know what your guys' opinions are on all the feuds that we cover. I love when you guys message me or send me voice notes (laughs) on everything that we cover, yeah. Truly, truly love that. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss another episode. Oh, and one other thing I will say. I don't know why. Maybe this circles back to how I was saying I've been feeling kind of tired. But I don't know why. For whatever reason in this episode, I'm talking so slowly. It kind of sounds like I'm stoned. Not that I know what that would sound like. But if I <laughs> if I can picture it with my imagination, it would sound like this. So maybe this is a good one to listen to on two times speed. <laughs> I don't know. I just, when I was editing, I was like, holy shit, I am speaking like that sloth in Zootopia. Please tell me you've seen that movie. Um, If you haven't, chuck it on your letterboxed watch list right now. Okay, that's enough from me. I'll let you get into the episode. Have fun listening. Okay, everyone, let's dive into the Taylor Frankie Paul Mormon mum talk drama that swept the TikTok for you pages circa 2022. Before we get into everything, I thought it would be great to give you guys a little, not deep dive, like a shallow dive. Like, think so shallow that you can still see your feet in the water, (laughs) is how shallow this dive is going to be. Just about... Mormonism, okay? Because I don't know about where you live, but in New Zealand, I feel like there aren't a huge amount of Mormons. I can probably count the Mormons that I've encountered on one hand easily, so I thought it might be good just to give a little background. The religious text for Mormonism is the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon was published in 1830 by a man named Joseph Smith. And basically what happened is Joseph Smith 
experienced a series of visions in the 1820s and one of these visions was of an angel and when he followed the angel it directed him to these golden plates and on these golden plates there was like this text inscribed and Smith translated this text that was on these golden plates I think they were even buried like he had to dig these up and his translation is what became the Book of Mormon and that's now the like religious text that gets followed so when Joseph Smith develops the Book of Mormon he gains you know a lot of devoted followers and missionaries whose mission it is to go around and you know spread the teachings of the Book of Mormon one of the areas that you might know of that the missionaries went to and really established a strong Mormon grounding was in Utah. Mormonism is very, very common in Utah, I believe. And definitely where I get all my information about Mormon culture is on the internet. And quite often it'll be people living in Utah or studying at BYU. And like, that's where I get all my information. But I thought I'd share some of the rules, I guess you could call them, that you would follow if you were a Mormon. They do have the very general religion rules that I feel like are almost in every religion. For example, going to a place of worship very regularly in Mormonism, that would be a church. You know, Mormons are encouraged to volunteer and to extend kindness to people. And then of course we have the no sex before marriage. Those are kind of like very generic. I grew up Roman Catholic and that was all very stock standard. But some interesting ones that are a little bit more specific to Mormonism. You are not allowed to drink coffee or alcohol and you're also not allowed to do any drugs including like cigarettes and tobacco and things like that. The Mormon church has clothing rituals so if you google Mormon underwear you'll see this like it's very modest long kind of undergarments. I don't think like every Mormon would wear these but yeah there's clothing rituals. And then also Mormons are encouraged to eat meat sparingly, you know focused on keeping well and maintaining a healthy lifestyle and they also traditionally fast once a month. So I thought that was quite interesting. So I will say some of these things um, you know that are part of being a Mormon are probably just synonymous with taking care of yourself. Now something interesting, traditionally Mormons were polygamous. So that means that one man would take on multiple wives. And you might have kind of seen inklings of this. Some people still, you know, did anyone watch that show, <laughs> Sister Wives? My god, I love that show so much. That's an example of a polygamous relationship. But polygamy was actually banned from the Mormon church in 1890. So only 60 years after Joseph Smith published the Book of Mormon. So it was like a very ancient traditional thing that Mormons practiced. I did have to lol a little bit because when I literally googled fun facts about Mormons or like about Mormonism it was like it might surprise you to know that the Mormon church founder had more than 40 wives some of whom were still teenagers when he married them and I'm like why does that not surprise me at all and this goes like I'm not just fucking hating on Mormons here but this goes for any man especially in the 1800s who who decided to start a new religion or start a new belief system. Why were they also always like having so many wives? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's just an interesting pattern, okay? I've just found it funny the way they worded it, like, it might surprise you. And I'm like, honey, that doesn't surprise me one 
bit. Like, of course he would publish this text and then be like, oh, and you know what? I also should have 40 wives. If you believe in Mormonism, you'd believe that I should have 40 wives. There is a big Mormon representation on TikTok. Maybe it's just my For You page, but I definitely do get those videos of, you know, someone going around BYU, the like Mormon university, and making students choose between, would you rather $10 million or the Book of Mormon? And then they're always like, mmm, the Book of Mormon, yeah. <laughs> or you get those Mormon soda shop videos where they're mixing Coke with coconut milk and coffee creamer and things like that because obviously practicing Mormons don't drink coffee or alcohol and so I think these soda shops are very popular particularly in places like Utah where there's a high prevalence of practicing Mormons because you know rather than going to a bar and getting a cocktail or whatever you go to a soda shop and then another subset of Mormon content that quite often pops up on my for you page is the Mormon moms who make content around parenthood and raising children but also like homemaker content and they always keep gorgeous nice looking houses and things like that. I was really curious like why is it that I see you know Mormon representation on TikTok more than any other religion and I went to the trusty internet and there's a couple of theories floating around. The first theory that I read was that Mormons obviously have a big sense of community and so if a Mormon starts creating content they already start with a bigger personal community than maybe other people who aren't Mormons. So if someone Mormon's like, oh, I'm going to start sharing videos on TikTok, their community that they know in their personal life is already like 10 times larger than the average person. And so you've already got 10 times more people who are like, oh, cool, I'll follow you. I'll watch, you know, your content and things like that. The second theory that I saw is that Mormons are encouraged to take care of appearances, you know, as I said, maintain a healthy lifestyle but I think part of that allegedly I don't know enough about Mormonism to <laughs> confirm this but I think part of it is to kind of take care of appearances and show how desirable it is to lead a Mormon lifestyle. A lot of the Mormon moms who come up on my For You page are gorgeous. I mean these women are absolutely beautiful. They've got stunning hair, all of them. They've got gorgeous homes and so all of those things, you know, taking care of appearances, being healthy, that all plays in really well with social media and what the algorithm tends to push in terms of that like quote-unquote perfect lifestyle, perfect look. And so the second theory is kind of just that there's big overlaps in terms of how Mormons are encouraged to live and what social media values. And then the third theory is that Mormons are encouraged by the church to document their lives and journal and write things down but also like teach others about Mormon culture and so in older times this was typically done through like diaries and journals but as digital media evolved online blogging and vlogging is kind of like the new way of documenting lives and so that's why Mormons are drawn to creating content. But yeah, I don't know if any of those theories are correct. I'm just letting you know what I've been seeing on the internet because let me know if you agree or not. Maybe it's just my TikTok. I see this representation more than any other religion. And I'm definitely not saying that as a bad thing either. Like I will watch every single one of those videos that pops up on my feed. So yeah, let me know if you're also on Mormon talk a lot of the time or maybe my FBI man just got it wrong and thinks that I'm a Mormon. Okay, let's get into 
the main player in this drama that we're covering today. Her name is Taylor Frankie Paul and she is a Mormon content creator. She was born May 23rd 1994 and that does make her a Gemini. And why do I feel like we've actually had a lot of Geminis on this podcast as well? When I started off, I was like, we're going to be seeing a lot of Aries. I feel like the Geminis are creeping up, man. I should make a chart. Maybe when I reach like, you know, 20 or 30 episodes, I'll make a chart of all the star signs that we've covered. And maybe we can see who is the most likely to feud. So Taylor was born in Utah and I'm pretty sure she grew up there. In 2020, she starts creating content on TikTok. She recalls that it was during the pandemic. She was really bored, you know, everyone was really bored and so she decided to hop on, film a video, and she recalls that her very first video actually went viral. And so that really encouraged her to continue posting and uploading stuff. A lot of her content was very lifestyle focused, gym routines, hair care routines. I will say, like, look up a photo of her. Her hair is so incredibly gorgeous. So long, but like healthy and thick. And yeah, so I think a lot of her early content was people being like, oh my God, what's your hair care routine? What's your gym routine? She's very conventionally attractive. She's a very stunning person for sure. So I'm not hugely shocked that her content did well on TikTok. But she would also do dancing content, you know, she'd do like joking content. One of her big viral moments was when she pretended her house was haunted and so people were absolutely slandering her in the comments section, driving up her engagement, being like, this is fake, you're pulling the fridge door with string, you know, all that kind of stuff. But she would also film a lot of mom content because she did have a young daughter at the time and she was also pregnant with her son at the time as well. She did a lot of pregnancy content, a lot of toddler content, things like that. And she is credited together with another Mormon mom creator, Camille Monday, for creating what is now known as Mormon Mom Talk. And Mormon Mom Talk is a subset of Mormon Talk, I guess, and it kind of intersects with mom talk as well which mom talk is incredibly popular on tiktok as well like there are a lot of very successful creators who are moms who post about raising their children the things that they do around the home the ways that they parent the kinds of food that they prepare for their children and i was thinking to myself like man why are mom content creators so popular on tiktok but also other platforms as well and my personal guess is just that being a new mom or being a stay-at-home mum, I can imagine, I've obviously never gone through this, could be a pretty isolating experience. You know, suddenly you go from hanging out with people at work all day to being at home during the day. I know a lot of new mums talk about losing some friendships with people who don't have children themselves because they're living a different lifestyle now. They don't want to go out drinking every night and partying all the time and things like that in general. I'm making a lot of generalizations here. And so I feel like that could be quite isolating. And the great thing about the internet internet and particularly apps like TikTok is you can build a community and so I feel like a lot of mums enjoy watching mum creators because it's like someone who relates to them or someone who understands what they're going through as well. Anyway so as I said Taylor and Camille are credited for like fronting this new intersection of TikTok which is a blend of mum talk but also Mormon talk and we get 
Mormon mom talk. A lot of the content was very aesthetically pleasing. You know, like I said, these girls are gorgeous. And so they were quite fun to watch. But also being Mormon meant that they also had that extra edge to them as well, where people are interested in learning more about their religion and their culture. So shortly after Taylor and Camille start creating content together, they're joined by another creator called Miranda, who again is a mom and is also Mormon. And so the three of them start making a lot of content that is kind of baiting the audience in a way to like drive up the engagement to comment and things like that. So for example one of the first times that these three popped up on my For You page was in a video where Taylor Frankie Paul was pretending that she was 50 years old and she would film content with her two daughters which were Camille and Miranda and so it was like being a mom of my two blonde twins and things like that and obviously Taylor at the time would have been mid-20s and so she obviously wasn't 50 years old but because she's being so genuine like I'm a mom and anytime Camille and Miranda would bring their children into videos it would be like being a grandma and so it just drove up the engagement because people in the comments are like, is she actually 50? How do you look so good for 50? And then other people are like, she's obviously not 50 guys. You guys are stupid. She's just pretending. And then people are going through her like earlier content, trying to dig up videos where she disclosed her age. It becomes this whole conspiracy, I guess you could call it. And so it really drives up the engagement. And then another time that these guys were kind of, you could see quite purposefully trolling the internet was when they were pretending to be sister wives <laughs> with some of the other Mormon moms as well. And so that'd be like, you know, just filming jokey content like us when our husband that we share comes home from work or shit like that and it's them like doing a dance. Mormon mum talk very quickly grew quite viral. We also get some other members into the group. So as I mentioned, we've got obviously Taylor. We've got Camille, who she first started creating content with. We've got Miranda, who came in shortly after Camille and would make baiting type content with Taylor. And then we also get Victoria Zalek, Whitney Levate, and McKenna Rowley, or Kenna as they called her. This was, I would say, the core group of women who formed Mormon mom talk. And again, like I cannot stress this enough. All these women are absolutely gorgeous, beautiful hair. You can definitely see why their videos would have done very well. Now within the group, there are a lot of petty feuds that happen here and there, as is natural when you've got a larger group of people who are constantly hanging out and constantly creating public content, but nothing is ever really that serious or has a like long lasting impact. However, in May, 2022, this whole thing kind of gets shaken up a bit when Taylor posts on her Instagram story that her and Tate, her husband, are getting a divorce. Now at first when she drops this news, nobody believes her because she talks shit on the internet all the time. She pretends to be 50. She pretends to be a sister wife. And then this kind of just felt like another grab for attention or a grab for engagement in the comment section. But she makes a TikTok describing herself as a single mom going through the divorce. A couple weeks later, people are starting to click on that this is actually real. She's like moving out of her home. Her and Tate aren't making content together anymore. And this is also around the time when rumors start to surface that Taylor cheated on Tate with one of the Mormon mom talks husbands. So one of the Mormon moms who's in the group, yeah, people start to say that Taylor cheated on Tate with one of the husbands. And that's basically why they're getting the divorce. Initially, Kenna's husband, 
Brayden Rowley is the main suspect. Everyone starts to speculate that this is the husband that Taylor cheated with. The reason for this is that Kenna, Brayden's wife, is very close with the other Mormon mum, Victoria. And Kenna and Victoria filmed a TikTok together and when someone commented on it, tell Kenna everyone loves her, supports her and is on her side, Victoria responded to that saying, I will, thank you so much. Which that is kind of insinuating that maybe Brayden was the one who slept with Taylor. So by now the internet is obviously freaking out and Tate deletes all content that he has with Taylor from his social media. Which again insinuates because obviously people can like get a divorce because maybe the relationship ran its course or maybe they realized that they were better off as just friends or you know there's amicable reasons for it and you wouldn't usually go and delete your partner's entire presence off your social media. So I think when Tate deletes all the content there's these rumors going around that Taylor cheated on him. Camille and Miranda like other women from Mormon Mom Talk start to unfollow Taylor and it does become more obvious to everyone that something definitely went down. This breakup was not amicable and there was definitely some drama attached to it. So whilst everyone on the internet is speculating trying to figure out what happened Taylor actually decides to go on TikTok live to kind of address the divorce and explain I guess why it was happening. So she explains that her and Tate were actually soft swingers and so soft swinging to them meant they were allowed to do anything but sex with the people they were swinging with and also the partner had to be present during all the moments so you couldn't go off with some random and like do stuff without your partner there like it was always a joint activity. However Taylor one night broke these boundaries that they had set for them when she privately met up with a man whose wife had been intimate with Tate in one of the agreed upon soft swinging moments that they had. So I think it was another couple that they were soft swinging with regularly but then the husband and Taylor met up separately and broke the rules and I think she does say that they had sex which again was another rule that she broke for their soft swinging. A lot of people in their friend group were part of their swinging community and she does confirm that some of the swingers were also couples who were part of Mormon mum talk and she doesn't name any names but she does say that Camille Monday and her husband were not part of the swinging so it ruled out that couple but it left it open for interpretation as to who the other mum talk members might have been that were also swinging and then she goes on to say that her and Tate actually are on good terms but that there are three couples in the friend group that are getting divorces at this moment in time and she says that two of these couples are related to the cheating scandal but that one is unrelated it just happens to coincide with the other two and so obviously this 15% of tea just meant that the internet basically went wild because it's like who are the couples that were involved in the swinging who is the other couple that's getting a divorce right now and then you have this extra layer of mystery because she says there's three of us getting divorces but only two of us because of the cheating yeah it becomes all very speculative on the internet a lot of people speculated that Miranda and Chase 
were part of the swinging community. The reason people assumed Miranda and Chase were part of it is because some pictures leaked from an OnlyFans account that was linked to Miranda's TikTok. Pictures leaked of Miranda and Taylor in a bathtub and they're in lingerie and they're in a compromising position, I guess you could call it. And so a lot of people are like, oh, okay, you know, if there's already these photos around, then it would make sense if Miranda and Chase were one of the couples who were part of the swinger community. So this theory starts circulating on TikTok and Miranda actually comments that the leaked photo is from years ago before they even had children and it's from a bachelorette party and it was ages ago and has nothing to do with this whole situation. However, shortly after that, Taylor posted an Instagram story which said, quote, those pics that were leaked of me online were a year and a half ago at a cabin party, not five years ago at a bachelorette party. If you continue to spread lies, I will continue to tell truth. And we don't want that, do we? Which, oh my gosh, pretty much confirmed that Miranda and Chase were part of the swinging community. Miranda and Chase do shortly after that go on TikTok live to dispel all these rumors. They state that they are still on good terms with Tate, but definitely not Taylor because Camille had said that Taylor was going around telling people that Miranda's husband Chase had feelings for her. So they were already like kind of on the outs with Taylor anyway before the divorce. And so, you know, it's unreasonable to think that they would have been swinging with Tate and Taylor, but they are kind of just acting really weird on the live. And it's kind of like smelt it, doubt it, you know? going on the live and being like we just want to come out and publicly say that we were never part of the swinging it just almost makes them look more suspicious. Taylor goes back on TikTok live and basically says that Chase and Miranda are pressuring her to tell people that they were not part of the swinging community and so she kind of says as much. She does also let us know that the only reason she's saying this on the live is because Chase and Miranda are like pretty much forcing her to do it so again it's just all very suspicious. At this point Taylor's sister posts online that Taylor received a cease and desist letter and so she is not able to speak on the swinging any further. And she doesn't say who sent Taylor the cease and desist letter. My money is kind of on Miranda and Chase because they've just been sus about this whole thing. The internet kind of asked Taylor's sister, you know, was it Camille that sent it? And Taylor's sister did confirm that it wasn't Camille. Surely it was Miranda and Chase. I don't know. So who do we think Taylor cheated with? To this day, it still remained unconfirmed. So the TikTok sleuths figured out that the three couples that Taylor referenced, remember she said that there's three of them getting a divorce and two of them was because of the cheating scandal but one was just a coincidence. So obviously one of the couples are Taylor and Tate Paul and then the internet figured out that the other two couples were Victoria and Sam Zalek and Kenna and Brayden Rowley. So Brayden is the one that everyone initially thought Taylor had cheated with and then remember Victoria Zalek is the one who was really close friends with Kenna. Yeah I think initially a lot of people were kind of thinking that it was Brayden Rowley. Kenna's husband but I think the most recent theory well the one that everyone has kind of landed on is that it was actually Sam Zalek so Victoria's husband was the one that cheated with Taylor. I couldn't find anywhere why people think that I just saw a bunch of posts of people being like it was definitely him and then since the scandal Taylor has since started dating another man named Dakota and sometimes on her TikTok she'll joke around that it was Dakota who she cheated with. People comment on her TikToks like show the guy who you cheated with or tell us who you cheated with she'll always post a video reply of her and Dakota and being like this is him but I think timeline wise that just doesn't really add up she definitely started dating Dakota
Dakota after the divorce with Tate and so I think it's just her way of trolling the internet. In Feb 2023 Taylor goes on the Jimmy Rex show which is a podcast and she kind of just exposes everything that went down and gives a full rundown so we definitely get a lot of information here. She says that the reason she exposed all of the soft swinging Mormon mom talk tea to TikTok was as a way of defending herself because she said when the news first broke that she had cheated on Tate there was a lot of name calling you know people were calling her a homewrecker a cheater and she does admit that she did break their soft swinging boundaries but she wanted people to know that there was a group of them swinging because she thought it would kind of soften the blow of her cheating because it's like they essentially weren't being monogamous in their relationship. Tate was messing around with other people too but he was just doing it in the agreed upon rules that they had done. You know she's still taking accountability for doing something wrong but in her mind exposing the swinging was going to lessen the impact of her cheating on Tate. She says that she still very much loves Tate and thinks he's a good and understanding person but that things definitely did get very messy between them because when it blew up online they were both dealing with their divorce in such a public way that it definitely drove a wedge between them. She says that there were times where she was talking to the guy she cheated with on the phone about the internet's reaction and how shit it all feels and so then that further like drove her and Tate apart because she's literally communicating with the guy that she cheated with. And then Taylor also explains a little bit about how her and Tate got into soft swinging. So she says that one night they were at a cabin party and she says to Tate that she wants to drink alcohol. Now Tate had always been quite against alcohol as I mentioned Mormons aren't meant to consume alcohol and he was always quite strict on that and he always was encouraging them to be sober but Taylor did enjoy drinking and so she was saying to him at this cabin party like I want to get drunk I want to drink I've been sober for most of our marriage together but I want to have some alcohol and so Tate says like okay yeah you can drink and he also decides to drink that night and this was actually the first night that Tate got intoxicated in his whole life and I think he was 28 at this time so that's pretty incredible but also meant that they did both get incredibly drunk because they're not often consuming alcohol or in Tate's case this was his first time ever consuming alcohol and so they're quite drunk and then Taylor describes that one of the guys at the cabin party suggests that Taylor and one of her female friends should like make out together and because they're quite drunk she does do this and then she realized that it was like turning their husbands on and so they took photos and lingerie and she doesn't say like who the friend is or you know she never confirms anything but I feel like this might have been the night that her and Miranda take the leaked bath photos because as Taylor mentioned on her story when those photos leaked she says that they were taken at a cabin party and then again here she's referencing a cabin party where her and her friend are making out in lingerie. Yeah in my mind at least it's like pretty clear that the friend that she first makes out with is Miranda and so she says this is kind of like where it first started. It came from her and her friends realizing that if they made out with each other their husbands were getting really turned on by it and so as a group they started to do more cabin parties 
parties and the wives would start to like make out more and then it escalated into the wives getting into bed together with their husbands behind them so they're kind of touching each other and then it escalated into the couples would touch other couples and things like that but she says that they never fully switched partners it was never about having sex with someone else's husband you might just be kind of like touching them but their partner was always there and then she explains that they started to bring in other couples and it kind of grew but that all the people part of this swinging community were all Mormons and so once they'd gotten this like really solid group of swingers established they started having parties like twice a month sometimes they would host them at her and Tate's house and she explains that they would even play games <laughs> which I was not expecting but they would spin the bottle and like those two people have to kiss or they would like blindfold someone like say if she got blindfolded all the husbands would like kiss her and she had to try figure out who everyone is so they started to like have some fun with it and like again at this point it's all fairly harmless right like it's done in like a very consensual way there's like really clear boundaries in place but she does say that things started to get messy because people within the group started to catch feelings and she says that three out of the six people that she was frequently swinging with caught feelings and the way she's talking about it does kind of insinuate that some of the husbands caught feelings for her and then she obviously caught feelings for the like guy that she ends up sleeping with at this point in time she did feel pretty tapped out of her marriage even though her and Tate were still together she actually had already asked to be separated a couple of times before that but Tate had always wanted them to try work things out or continue to work on their marriage again like this added another tension to the soft swinging because she's feeling less and less connected to her marriage and now they're bringing other people into their marriage it just severed that bond even more like she mentioned she developed feelings for the guy that she would eventually cheat with but that it started as a crush and then it turned into more than that it was like an emotional affair and they were in contact quite often and that the emotional affair had been going on for a while but that the physical affair was only that one night but again like emotional affairs in my mind at least are just as bad as physical cheating because if emotionally you're with someone else then you're not in your own relationship are you so Tate does start to kind of catch on that people are catching feelings for Taylor and maybe even like in his subconscious he's noticing that Taylor's catching feelings for this other man and so he actually suggests to her that they call off the soft swinging and that they no longer participate but at this point she's really enjoying it like I said she'd been feeling tapped out of her marriage for a while now and the soft swinging was a way of keeping the actual marriage together but still having those experiences with other people and so she's enjoying it at this point and she says to Tate that she doesn't want to call it off and then one night they were drinking at a house and this but I don't really get because it sounds like it wasn't really a party it's not like they went over to someone's house to drink and have a party she says they were there that day because there was a rumor going around that one of the husbands had developed a crush on Taylor and so they went round with alcohol which I just don't understand why there was alcohol but they went round there because 
they were trying to clear things up and she says that as they started to talk through things and you know try to clear up what was going on she was kind of realizing that everyone had somewhat been lying about their position with the soft swinging as I said it started off with very clear boundaries like the partners you know were always meant to be there and obviously you're not meant to develop emotional feelings for the other couples it's just something you're doing with your partner but she explains that it became really obvious to her this night that everyone was kind of lying a little bit about their stuff but trying to play really innocent and that this is what made her rage online so much and expose all their swinging and everything because to her it's like everyone was doing sketchy stuff and even though her and this husband took it that step further than anyone else did she still maintains that there was definitely other emotional affairs happening there was people like communicating with people they were swinging with in a way that crossed those boundaries that that initially set yeah they drank a lot that night things start to get heated she describes that she blacks out and she starts a big fight with Tate she's obviously very upset so she goes to her friend's house to call off and one of the husbands offers to pick her up and that is the moment she describes as like when everything messed up because she lets this husband come pick her up and that's when the cheating happens and she says she doesn't really remember everything because she was very drunk but she definitely does know that she cheated and consented to sleeping with this husband which again not great though because even though she's like you know I consented to it if you're really really drunk mm, anyway I just thought that was a bit so afterwards the husband drops her home and when she gets in Tate kind of asks her like hey did anything happen and she lies to him and says no she was just talking with the husband because she was upset but that nothing happened and then later the husband calls her and just tells her not to say anything to Tate and to basically forget it ever happened as the days go on she does start to feel really really guilty for cheating on Tate and so she decides to come forward and tell him what happened and she describes it as the worst experience ever she just has never felt like such a shit human and she could like see the hurt in Tate's eyes and it just made her feel like shit because you know even though she was tapped out of her marriage and maybe she didn't love Tate in that romantic way anymore she definitely does still love him as a person and she really cared for him and so when she could see how much she'd hurt him she describes it as like the worst feeling ever which if you're ever thinking of cheating on someone let this be your lesson okay <laughs> she described it as the worst feeling ever so maybe don't do it okay a little word of advice yeah oh and then another interesting little nugget that she drops is that she met the wife of the husband who she sleeps with three months prior to the cheating scandal so tiktok sleuths do your thing i had like a really quick lazy girl look and i couldn't figure out which of the mums she would have met three months before the cheating scandal happened but you know some of you chronically online people definitely have the capabilities to figure all that out so slide into my dms at mood for feud if you figure out which of the mum talk mums she met three months before she cheated yeah so that was kind of a little rundown on what happened and since then we haven't really got any more information like i said it's never actually been confirmed who she cheated with although people have narrowed it down to at least two couples and her and tate obviously went through 
through with the divorce and are since co-parenting their two children together. An interesting internet theory that I came across is that Taylor and the husband had secretly had feelings for one another and had asked their respective partners to swing as a way of being like together without actually cheating on their partners but that when Tate and the wife said no her and the guy met up anyway and then she kind of made up the whole swinging drama as a way to paint herself in a better light. I watched a couple of TikToks that kind of were pushing for this theory. I will say I personally don't believe it. I do think the photos of her and Miranda that leaked from the OnlyFans account like I do believe Taylor when she says that those were taken one year prior at a cabin party and not five years prior like Miranda was trying to claim. I think it does kind of insinuate that there was some sort of swinging behavior happening. And then the other thing is the way that everyone so like shadily tried to quickly defend themselves and be like we would never swing and then like force Taylor to go on live. And then the other thing is the story she tells on the Jimmy Rex show I feel like it just lines up with a more plausible explanation. There's so much detail there right? I obviously get that people do lie with a lot of detail but in my mind she'd have to be some actual kind of psychopath to like make up this whole timeline for how the swinging started, how it developed, how more people got involved, how they would host these parties, the types of games that they would play. Like she's really painting a full picture here and I feel like it just wouldn't make sense to me if it then came out that actually there was zero swinging. Since her divorce with Tate she like I said started dating a man named Dakota and they're still together now and she's actually pregnant with his child. So that's really good. One crazy thing that happened after this whole swinger drama is that Taylor Paul actually got arrested for assault. And basically what happened is she went to a party. She described it was like shortly after the divorce, but her and Dakota had started dating already, but she hadn't properly healed or processed the trauma from her divorce with Tate and obviously the whole swinging scandal. And so she started to kind of channel all of that anger and anxiety and whatnot to Dakota who she'd just started seeing and so she started to lash out at him and they got into a pretty nasty argument. It was so bad that the neighbors actually called the cops on them and then the cops charged Taylor for throwing a chair because at the time her daughter was on the couch. She didn't know that her daughter was on the couch. You can get charged even though the chair didn't hit her daughter. You can still get charged for that because it's like you're being negligent. You know you're doing something dangerous with the potential for a child to get hurt. So she was on probation for three years for assault charges and yeah it's pretty crazy. There's like a lot of news articles about it. She ended up going on her mom's podcast to like talk about how it all went down and she described that yeah it was like the worst mental breakdown that she's ever experienced and again she'd been drinking that night and so I think part of her probation is she does have to remain sober and I was kind of checking in on her TikTok recently and she did confirm that she's been sober for over a year now so that's good. It seems like she's doing a lot better and she seems to be healing from all of the drama that went down. And like I said, she's still with Dakota, even though it sounds like they had a pretty nasty argument that night if the cops got called and then there were actually like charges that were made. But yeah, that's kind of all I have on the feud. What do you guys think? Who do you think Taylor cheated with? I'd be really interested to know. I don't know. I'm kind of 
Team Brayden. I know a lot of people now think it's Victoria's husband Sam, but I don't know. I just haven't seen that much evidence of that. So let me know what your thoughts are. Also, do you remember when this went down on TikTok? I'd be interested to know. It was definitely very much all over my For You page, so I'd be interested to know whether you had heard of this drama before. Do you also get a lot of Mormon content on your social media? So yeah, as always, interested in your thoughts, let me know what you think. Don't forget to rate the podcast if you haven't already done so. You can leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts and you can follow my Instagram at Mood for Feud. I love to chat with you guys. Otherwise, I will speak to you all next week. Bye!